Hi, sir. Welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit. Uh, can I start off by getting your name, please? Um, yeah. What's your name? Timmy. You're Timmy. And how old are you, Timmy? Um, four. You're four? Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Biscuit Studios. It's a, it's a very empty-looking room at the moment, but we've got some bits coming. We've got some big banners with Daddy's picture on uh, and the logo and things. Um, so what have you been doing today, Timmy? So, at football, I scored a goal. Oh my gosh, you went to football and you scored a goal. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well done. Try not to touch the mic, buddy. Uh, my, uh, it's very heavy. And I don't so, want um... Timmy, yeah. what, what, what's behind there? What's, what is it? Um... Yeah, you got to speak into the microphone, buddy. Um, your picture. <laughs> my picture, yeah, because that is vain. Uh, it's more to tell people about the biscuit. It's a nice little yeah. thing to read. Um, are you looking forward to Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, everything around us is here. Everything around us is here? Yeah. Phil- philosophically, that's brilliant. Um, okay, so you're looking forward to Christmas. What's on yeah. your Christmas list? What would you like for Christmas? Um, um, I will want some wine toys. Ryan um, toys? Yeah. And some Avengers. Some Avengers toys? Yeah. That's amazing. And Thanos toys. Don't mess with the mic. Uh, and what have you got to do uh, to be able to get those presents? Um, do a list. No, but I mean, like, uh, you've, got to, good. You've, you've got to be a good boy. Yeah. Yeah, because who's watching? Santa. And we saw him. You saw Santa? Yeah. Where? Um, um, that way. That way? Yeah. Or was it at the light switch when we went to the light switch when they switched all the Christmas lights on? No. Today? No. When did you see him? Today? Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I went to the inside. I it's went... the microphone. Inside. What did we call Speaking to the microphone. Shopping centre. Going to the shopping centre? Yeah. Oh, wow. And what did he say? Did he say that you... Did you tell him you were being a good boy? Oh, I'm done. Okay, he's done. Thank you very much, Timmy. And, uh, yeah, we're going to put that on You're the episode. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll put that on the episode. We'll put that on the episode. Day at the parade. My son visits me at Biscuit Studios. We've um, we've done all sorts. Uh, this is this is going to be day one at the parade. Yeah, yeah I'm recording, by the way. Cool. <laughs> Let's just get into this. Let's get into it. Uh, yeah. This is our first day recording here. I want to say thank you to everyone that's accommodated us here. This temporary little studio that we're going to use. This is going to be basically where we keep our mobile studio that we can move around to events and things like that. So, um, I want to say thank you for that. And what we're going to be doing today is what we, what we've initially done today is get around and introduce ourselves really yep chat to all the uh, different unit shop businesses um well those that are open at the moment just said who we are what we're doing here how we're going to help promote the parade and the businesses within the parade yeah. um and then obviously share to shrewsbury and the world 
on yeah. our weekly podcasts and our uh, yeah. middle midweekly crumbs. Yeah, this is going to be our base of operations. It's just, you know, since I posted um, on our social media that, you know, uh, Biscuit Studios is open for business, blah, blah, blah. We've had lots of lots of input, lots of people coming in to us and saying they want to come and record here, which is great. This is what this is why we did what we did yeah. um, and why we're grateful for it. Um, bit of housework before we get into this episode, because this is going to be a mishmash of um, different people we're going to speak to uh, from the parade. Stan Sedman's coming in later, mm-hmm. um, and we got uh, Mike from Salop Tech as well is going to speak to us. And, uh, just, uh, uh, I think Tat FB is going to pop in and say hello to I love Tat. She's great. Uh, anyway, I got a humbug in my mouth, which is really bad for recording. <laughs> but a couple of shout outs to do. Uh, the first one is uh, basically to Dan Thornhill and someone else. Uh, for the crumbs, I, I used a bit of music that was uh, originally our theme tune. And uh, I, I swapped it because uh, Charlie Adlard's got a, a band called Cosmic Rays with Shane Chebsey. And I asked them if I could use some of their music and they said yes. And I was like, ah, oh, Charlie Adlard. Or Dan Thornhill. And I made the choice to go with Charlie Adlard, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, I love that music. And it's by a band called Someone Else. Uh, and I love that song so much, I thought I'd bring it back for the crumbs because it's a really mm. nice, jumpy, sort of great song. So yeah. uh, thank you to Dan. I did message him and ask permission, and he said that's fine. So thank you to that. Um, did you go... You were working on the light switch, weren't you? Yes, I'm... <laughs> I missed the lights, gutted, but I was busy working in the market hall, so uh, I saw the lights when I came out instead. I was going to come and see you, but uh, when you messaged me and said it was rammed, I was like, yeah, because yeah. Timmy, uh, he he has a like an issue with sort of a, a confined spaces and loud noises. He, he absolutely, we were in the in the in front of the, uh, the the main stage, and I went there kind of more as a family guy, kind of want to enjoy it, throw a bit of social media up, take some pictures, kind mm. of. Thing. I took the mic anyway. I had to say on social media, if you see me, come say hello. But I wasn't going to go looking for it, you know? And he had a complete meltdown. Oh, bless. We had to take him away from the main stage and stuff. We had to stand on the side and then we saw the lantern parade and we went and stood at the bottom of Pride Hill and we heard the 10, 9, 8, 7, and then we saw the, the, the lights low up. And then we saw when it saw Shrudov. Um, it was really, really good. But what we did see was that the choir, rock choir, uh, that were, were performing before. I think I threw up a couple of uh, social media, sort of Facebook lives of mm-hmm. them singing. Absolutely fantastic. And do you know what? I, You know when you see the guys waving, the conductors at the beginning of uh, the front of choirs? And oh, orchestras? yeah, yeah. I never understood what they do. I really, honestly, it's just more, more my ignorance than anything. But I was watching the lady at the front doing the conductor thing and she was controlling their movements their pitch everything she was oh, wow. it was fantastic i could see what she was doing uh, and she was making making them move in certain ways making certain parts of the choir sing and then you know bringing it all back it was just really nice to watch and they sounded fantastic so shout out to them i'd mm. love to get them on speak to them um this sweet uh, charlie adlard has got a range of christmas cards out um he's basically done his charlie adlard stylings of buildings and they look fantastic um and the the proceeds all of the proceeds uh, for these cards will go to the hive and and uh, where are they being sold they're being sold at the hive at yep. stop cafe and at um okay. shrewsbury framing studio shrewsbury framing studio yeah i should know that because they framed the uh, my shrewsbury thing that i've still got in my house i still need to auction for charity <laughs> Um, also there's an event going on next week uh, for that Shropshire Cat Rescue are doing and it's called Moggy's Christmas Wonderland and that's on Saturday the 30th of November and Sunday the 1st of December Um, 
I was looking on this suite. <laughs> 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 I bumped into to Susan yesterday. I was walking around the parade, sort of saying hello to people, setting up a studio. And we'd, we'd spoken on social media and things, but never actually bumped into each other face to face. It's always really nice, isn't it, to yeah. meet someone that you've kind of had a connection with online. Yeah. You know, and... Um, she was very nice, um, and I said we'd work with the Shropshire Cat Rescue Next, you know, organise some shows when we were here. So yeah. The, the charity shops around the corner, so uh, that'd be really cool to, to do that. So make sure you check out their Facebook to find out more details about Moggy's Christmas Wonderland. And also, uh, you've been busy, haven't you? Yes. Uh, I'm one, I'm second week in now, I launched my uh, new business, which is a dog walking and pet visiting service um, so quite overwhelmed in the first week as to how many doggy clients I've got um, and obviously I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in another sort of like crumb snippet we do for something that we've decided will be good for the podcast team for Shrewsbury mm. Biscuit um, and hopefully help local businesses out but we'll talk about that separately yeah we will it's about sponsorship though that's the clue I just want to say congratulations on your on your business and, and wish you the best of luck with thank it. you it sounds thank like uh, it's a great thing yes, it mm. really is now we're at the parade now and we're going to be here till sort of the end of February I think uh, when as and when we want to record um, you think it's really important that we're, we're kind of in and around mm. town you know, definitely yeah I think definitely here like we said it's you know it's from the outside this building it doesn't even look like a shopping centre it looks like a historical building that maybe you might have to pay to go in yeah. um, tourists obviously you know most tourists will go off the beaten track and explore the back streets and find places like this but locals don't possibly even know that this is what it is anymore they just remember it from yeah. being a hospital yeah and it is a fantastic place we've today what we've done is we've gone around most of the shops today mm. in the parade and introduced ourselves we are the Shrewsbury Biscuit uh, we're here to to kind of promote Shrewsbury as a whole but we're in the parade so whilst we're here if you want to pop in and say hello and talk about what you do then you're more than welcome to yeah and um, whilst we were doing that I was just noticing how beautiful some of the shops are here oh I know yeah yeah stunning like we went to, to Beadles across the way, uh, Jill, who we'll hopefully speak to in a sec, uh, and we went to Setanakai next door. Yep. Um, beautiful. They sell uh, bits and spices and, and oh, yeah, trinkets from yeah. all around the world. It looks beautiful. And also as well, like next door, it's at the secondhand... Um, secondhand books. Yeah, it yep. was fantastic. Like I just walked in there, just got the smell of books, which I love. <laughs> it's weird because you don't get yep. to... I mean, I haven't got like a, a library at home. I, I know people, my, some of my friends do have like bookcases all around their yeah. house and this, you probably get a smell all the time but to smell that was kind of like it took me back well that's a particular smell because it's like old books as well isn't mm. it it's got some really old books yeah. in there so they've yeah. got another smell again yeah so that this place is one of the most i think important it's beautiful one of the most beautiful buildings that holds shops in the town because yeah. you've got the modern darwin center you've got the market hall which is your typical bustling yeah. atmospheric market whereas this place is like you said a historic building yeah. and you're walking around and there's these beautiful shops everywhere I hidden encourage... behind st mary's so again it's not something you can spot straight away yeah exactly yeah yeah hopefully that's what we're here to do though help promote it help yeah. people let people know where to come yeah and we've got some good things lined up as well we're speaking to hopefully speaking to martin wood on the 25th he's going to come here and do a, mm. a chat with us which is the town crier 
And as we, we're going to be struggling a lot with the echo in this building. We've got some um, some acoustic solutions that we, we're looking at, uh, but at the moment we're going to be trying to like talk quietly into the mics, not let the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't mind a bit of atmospheric to my audio, but there's echo and there's echo. Martin Wood's got a big booming voice, and that's going yeah. to be that's going to be hilarious. We need smaller chairs, don't we, for Martin? Or we <laughs> need to raise the microphones higher. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Right. Okay. Um, Guys, thanks for, for tuning in. We're going to go and grab a few interviews and throw it on the end of this. And, um, you know, I hope you guys are well. Cool. Yeah. All right. Peace out. Okay, so I've, I've pressed record. Okay, now just, just let's just forget that there's microphones in front of us and there's headphones on our head and things like that. Um, because I know you're a little bit nervous about doing this. But don't worry about it because that's, that's kind of normal. Mm-hmm. You know, this is very alien. I think it was Jim Hawkins that came on the show and said... When you go to a radio station or things like that, it looks alien. It looks very odd, so that, that kind of throws people off. But, you know, this is just a chat between us. Um, we have obviously, we launched Biscuit Studios, a temporary studio at the, at the parade, which we can take around town and, and do our bits. But while we're here, we're introducing um, the, the traders to people, and you've very kindly been the first one to come on the show, so thank you very much. That's a nice background noise we've got there. Yeah, and here's me going, <laughs> oh, don't, don't worry about it, it's absolutely fine. And it's me like, let's just push this microphone closer into your face. <laughs> yeah. Jill. Jill, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, I know, do you want to talk about sort of what you do, what your business is? It's called Beedles, right? Yeah, I'm Beedles and I'm in the parade. And I've been here nearly 20 years. Wow. Um, and I make costume jewellery, um, make, I make it with resin, uh, glass, also beads. Um, I do commissions for people as well as selling it in the shop. Your shop is beautiful, by the way. Mm. We were in there today, and I was I was outside yesterday, and I was just talking about how when you've got a shop that looks the way yours does, you've got to be so proud of what you've put together, right? Mm, yeah, I like to colour block everything, and I like working with colour. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And that's really obvious when you walk into your shop, because mm. the visual, it hits you straight away, because right, there's yes. all these... Pretty colours everywhere. Guys, we just want to explain. We are indoors. That isn't a, um, what do you call it, a model aeroplane flying around us. Or a dying alpaca. No, (laughs) they're just trying to sort out the Christmas lights. And uh, what that means is I've just got to do a quick bit of drilling in here. So bear with us. (laughs) You say you've been here 20 years. Mm -hmm. And how is it, how is it like, how does things compare now to like 20 years ago? Oh, it's a lot different. Yeah. Um, trade-wise, what with the internet and everything. Um, yeah, we've got Amazon things yeah, like that. That's yeah, that's right, definitely. Um, um, and how do you think? Uh, how do you feel like you can use that to your advantage? You know, uh, with this day and age. Um, <laughs> That's so ironic, isn't it? We've been waiting here all day to record. and um, So, yeah, this day and age, you say we, there's, there's competition with things online. Mm. But the thing is, with your shop, you can go in and you can look, you can probably try things on. and Yeah, and that's what people say. They like to get a feel of it. They can try it on. I can alter it or I can do one a slightly different shade. Um, and it's tac- tactile. They, you know, they can they can sort of see the size of it and everything, which if you buy online, you can't really, you can't sort of get the exact shade. Um, I mean, I like in certain things, like a dragonfly, I might do six different shades of green, um, or, I, you know, I can if that's not right, I can still sort of match it up to the customer's outfit and sort of wow. make another 
Make another one. And you make all this while you're in store? I do, yes, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I used to take work home, but I don't anymore, no. Oh, that's really important. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How important that is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really cool because so you're, you're kind of splitting yourself in two, really. You're, 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 you're a salesperson and you're the, the creator that's in the right. same space. Mm. How is that for you? Can it be a bit uh, a bit too much sometimes? When sometimes, yes. Uh, if you're sort of in the middle of pouring resin or mixing resin and oh, yeah, you've glass. only got like a 20-minute time slot and then you'll get a customer coming in that sort of wants your attention, yeah. which that's what I'm there for. But, yeah. you know, sometimes it is a bit difficult. Because what you're doing is art as well. Um, mm. when, you're, when you, I mean, I know I'm, like, I'm doing a lot of like, posters, social media things, and I do it all on my tablet here. But once I get in that zone... Mm. it's very hard to get me out of that's it that's right yes you know yeah. I, I like the world can pass me by um whilst i'm doing all this and i won't even realize um so what have you had any um scenarios where you've been working on something really intricate somebody's come in and maybe the glass is dried and you've got to start all over again yes yes yeah and the other week i was i was just trying out some acrylic pores uh, which i coat with resin and i was mixing it all up in the cups and i was just turned it over, flipped it over to pour onto the canvas, and somebody comes in then, and they, you know, they, yeah, and you, you can't sort of move. You, you've got sort of rubber gloves on, and you, your hands are full of paint, and you're twisting the picture around, trying to turn it into different angles, you know. So um, the customer has to wait then. Uh, but that's the beautiful thing about, like we were talking about, compared to online, compared to your store, is that people can come in and see you actually physically making these things. You don't get that online. No, that's true. Mm. You know, and so you know you're getting a very unique piece of art. Mm. Mm. You know, mm. and they are beautiful. We had a good look around, and there's, there's some of the pendants and, and, and like I said, yeah. costume jewelry mm. just looks fantastic. Mm. Um, have you ever changed in kind of what you what you sell and what you produce over the years? Um, I, besides making all my jewelry now, I tend to have gifts as well and scarves and things in. Um, so if what I have doesn't appeal to them, there's the other side as well. So if they need to buy gifts for somebody and they don't like my style of jewellery, mm. most yeah. people do. But Yeah, I was saying, you've obviously you've got that time of year coming up now, haven't you, where there's probably going to be a lot of people in Hopefully, looking yes. for gifts. Yeah, last week was busy, so... Um. And right now we have you out of your store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the obviously, obviously isn't helping you. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. What are, your, what are your sort of opening days? Uh, I, I open Monday to Saturday. Okay, um, so six days here. Yeah, a lot of people don't open Mondays here. But yeah. I do do six days and juggling the housework on Sunday. <laughs> um, and then I sort of do like nine till four. Okay, so there's a good opportunity for people to come in here because mm. I've wandered around in here a couple mm. of days and I'm sort of wandering around thinking, oh, there's not many units open. Yeah, and like Monday, I can do better on a Monday than a Saturday sometimes. Shopping days have totally changed. Yeah, of course. Saturday used to always be your busiest day. Yeah, um, it, yeah. it isn't necessarily anymore. Yeah, because I, I feel like this this place is, is a... Well, I mean, probably naturally falls into the casual shopper kind of mm. thing so people are just like oh, having a wonder around mm. Shrewsbury oh what's going on in the parade today you know so whereas like Saturdays your high street like well, we need to go to Marks and Spencers mm. to do this yeah that makes sense yes. to me um, and what I was going to what I was going to say think of something to say Julie well, no, I, no I'm not going to think of anything to say I know what I'm going to say okay, well. so it's interesting to hear you've, so you've been here 20 years mm. so obviously I know you, you spoke about like you know in terms of like the 
what you've got in the store and how you've changed that over a period of time. Do you have like what I call a dedicated customer base? So have you got customers that just keep coming back to you all the time? Or? I do, I do, yeah. Yeah, mm. so. Um, some I lose, um, you know, they move away and things. But yeah, I do. And I do quite often. There's one lady who comes in and I she brings her outfits in every few weeks. And we pick all the beads oh, out. Oh, wow. And, you know, so, and she's, you know, yeah, she. Yeah, because that's what I noticed when I came in. Because you normally sort of, first of all, you think you're coming in and you've got your jewelries made up, but you've got that whole sort of big table full of just beads. And a it's mess. like a pick. A, no, it's not a mess. It's like <laughs> I saw it as a pick a mix. Yeah, that's my organised mess. I know where everything is on that table, yeah. you know. So. Do you have people as well come into you and asking for advice on how to make things? Yes, I do, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so, like, somebody's looking to make a... Looking to, oh, my auntie used to make jewellery. She, she used to make me bracelets and things. Mm-hmm. And earrings and all sorts. And, you know, if you don't know earrings, how to do... Earrings, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to rock a Mr. T kind of object. <laughs> <laughs> but if so, if somebody was looking to, to learn the craft... You'd happily give them a yeah, bit. Yeah, they could sit down. Um, I've got extra seats there. They could sit down and give them a bit of one-to-one. Um, but hopefully, I know I should have done it ages ago. I, I might do some workshops. That was um, a question I was going to yeah. ask you. Workshops. I just my confidence. I've got a lot of confidence, so it's. We'll get you on the biscuit just, a few times. We'll work on that confidence. Uh, yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's the sort of thing. Is it because it's something you know and other people don't know? Mm. People will be looking to you to like help me. Mm. You know, and it is a good idea. Yeah. to have a workshop mm. so that you can yeah. you know it's another revenue yeah. generator for you mm. and it's a skill set that you've got that lots of people don't have that's right and I do a few resin workshops as well so oh what's that what's one of, what's a resin workshop well it's showing them how to mix their resins pigments and using mica powders in and yeah you know to incorporate it in jewelry or with dried flowers or ah, okay um, so so hopefully I'll I might get that going in about February. Wow. Oh, all right, okay, cool. What's your most popular item around Christmas to sell? Oh, uh, popular item. I'm just trying to think now. Uh, well, my jewellery. Yeah. I sell more of my jewellery, you know. I mean, I sell a lot of gifts and things as well, but sort of probably my um, dragonfly pendants and spaced out necklaces. Spaced out now. Oh, what's a spaced? No, well, it's only a beaded necklace, but it's like on in three, three or four strands. Oh, so you, spaced you, out, literally yeah, yeah, spaced yeah, out. Spaced out. Yeah. Ah, yeah. nice. Um, well, listen. Thank you very much for talking to us. Should we see that was ten minutes? Yeah, that, that was, was fine. really nice. That was good, yes. Well, I want to get you on again yeah. because uh, I know this was very hard for you because <laughs> we were chatting yesterday about you know. So it's it seems quite daunting to come mm. on and sit with a, mi- a microphone in your face because you think I don't know what to talk about but yeah. this is your passion you know you've been doing this for 20 years are you as passionate about it now as you were 20 years ago um yes I think so yeah yeah mm. it's, yeah it's, dip- it's it's getting to the stage now where I don't want to be go online or anything like that I just prefer to sell in my shop but yeah. Right, yeah. I think the next step I've got to yeah, we were talking about this yesterday, and I think because your store is beautiful. I mean, guys, listening to this, pop to Beatles in the parade, and mm. I, that's, you know, I'll be vindicated because <laughs> it really is beautiful. And your short, your store would absolutely people would love it on Instagram. Mm. They would soak yeah, it up because those it's pictures. it would be locally sourced, beautifully made, um, you know, jewelry and trinkets and, and things that people can buy and come and watch you make. You mm. know. It, yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take some pictures. Um, you've kindly said we can do that, Jill, yeah, that's fine. and then we can put them out on Facebook. So we'll do some. I'll try and do some nice arty ones with lots of colour. Okay. Alex can then 
tamper with them in his technical way and make them look even yes. better. Um, yeah, and I think that'll be a good thing as well. We'll give people a sort of like visual through yeah. our Facebook page. Absolutely. Lovely. And you're going to be the first one, if you don't mind, signing our logbook. We yes. have bought a logbook there and all our yes. guests are going to sign. visitor's book. Okay. Yeah, okay. And uh, we'll get you to sign in and we'll sell it when one of you's, you know, maybe somebody comes famous or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. never know. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for joining okay, us. thank you very much. And may everybody listen, uh, go Thanks, and check Bill. out uh, Beatles because it is a, a beautiful store. If, you've got, if you're looking for a gift for, for your family over Christmas, that's the perfect place to start. Yeah. Actually, what, and talking about that very quickly, when is your last sort of working day here for those last minute come in and get gifts? Um, probably 12 o'clock Christmas Eve in the day. Okay, oh, brilliant. Yep. So any of those, any, I'm gonna, I was going to say husbands then, but I won't. So any partners out there <laughs> so that need to get a last minute gift because you suddenly realised you've got until 12 o'clock noon, Christmas Eve, to come and grab something from Beagles. Or if you want to come and buy me a Mr T earring. You know, <laughs> yeah, and leave it outside Unit Twenty Six. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much okay, for chatting. Thank, thank you, thank you, Jill. We're going to do it like this. I mean, I, I, I popped into your shop yesterday and we hit it off very quickly. Yeah, and about the football and stuff. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, Mike, is it Mike yes. from Salop Tech? Sal- yep, Salop Technology. Yep. Salop Technology. Yep. <laughs> yep. Salop Tech. Yep. <laughs> How long have you guys been at the uh, the, the parade? Then uh, we moved in here uh, about uh, eighteen months ago. So oh really? Um, so yeah, quite, quite fresh. Yeah. Quite so new, um, yeah. yeah, sort of October last year it was. So. Yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, it's a fantastic building. It's um, it's great to be a part of, isn't it? I mean, we learned a lot about the history with Stan and uh, Stan Sedman. He came in and spoke to us for about forty minutes about the history of this building. Made me feel quite eerie, actually, <laughs> knowing about what's gone on here. That's it. Um, have you been trading for a while? Then is this something you've always done? Yeah, I mean, both me and Victoria have been in IT and Shrewsbury since we were sort of eighteen, nineteen. Um, worked for various IT businesses. Um, and uh, sort of decided that we were we were going to set up on our own. So uh, how's it gone so far? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's gone gone really, really well. Couldn't have asked for it to have gone any better. With a business like yours, it's quite a niche, isn't it? I mean, like if you need a computer you, or a PC, you, you go online and you, you look for someone, you source someone out. Usually, that's how we go. Is that how it is for you, or do you get a lot of like people just browsing and be like, oh? Yeah, I mean, we get we get a lot of people browsing. I think um, the big thing that we offer that you you don't get from place like Amazon and and Curry's is is the um, is the help and support after you've yeah. purchased. So, I mean, we've sort of got two sort of businesses. We've got one that that sort of upstairs does the the sort of the domestic um, laptops, PCs, PC repairs, stuff like that, and then we do a lot of business support as well. So we do a lot of um, oh, help cool. a lot of. The sort of small businesses around Shrewsbury as well. You're probably going to hear a lot of me, by the way, because I'll be like, Mike, <laughs> not a problem. It's not, not working. Because <laughs> <all." laughs> I've got this issue at the moment with, um, well, with this show and the and the other show that I do, that I want to get it on on, on live on Facebook. <coughs> um, and I've got this laptop here that when when I run OBS, which is a it's a video capturing uh, software, it's kind of like no, no. No, and I think it's because this is a weakling of a laptop, in all honesty. <laughs> so I do need to upgrade at some point when I get some, uh, some, you know, money. <laughs> but, uh, we will, uh, maybe you can help me set up. Yeah, because I'm really can. desperate. But, I mean, can. it'd be great if we could get a camera in here and record some podcasts live, you yeah. know, let people know what, what's going on and the process. Because it's, I mean, we've, we've been walking around the parade, um, trying to get people to come on and, and they've been kind of like, no, no, it's too, it's really scary. It's really scary, but it's not. It's really not, you know, it's just, 
we're just chatting, you know. That, that's it. That's it. I mean, to be fair, it's, it's something I've done quite a lot through the football club, um, sort of support liaison officer there. So, um, yeah, you know, do quite a lot of this. We with, spoke before. I mean, I've had yeah. Glenn on from Salopcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you been on Salopcast before? I have many times. He's a good guy, Glenn. Is. <laughs> he is. He's, uh, he's actually been really, like, Lately, he's been offering a lot of support, and I'd love to get him back in here to to chat. And you know, he knows a lot about the town. Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah. he's got a yeah. vast pool of knowledge. Um, so we definitely want to get him on as well. And you know, I would like to do more with the football club. You know, uh, I'm not I'm not a massive supporter of the club. I'm a, I'm a Chelsea fan. Uh, <laughs> well, we have gone to a few games. I like to take my little boy to get the um, the atmosphere. I remember last year we had him in the in the crowd, and he was shouting, "Dino, Dino!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just great atmosphere to. Yeah. Have part of um so how what how long have you had these sort of ties with the club then and where did that come from um to be fair is again it's sort of been years I've, I've been a season ticket holder since i was sort of eight nine years old and then sort of got involved in the supporters groups um helped the club put safe standing in which myself and another guy uh, roger groves sort of spearheaded and we ended up having to go to parliament and do all the work behind that okay. got the safe standing into the the south stand there um, and because of all the, the work we had done with that, the football club then approached us to become support liaison officers. So we've both this season become SLOs. So, so what does a support liaison do? We basically liaise with the fans. <laughs> and so it's, uh, yeah, we, we're sort of the bridge between the, the, the football club and the fans. So if the fans have got any issues or they want to raise anything with the club and don't really want to go directly, um, they can talk to us and then we basically meet with the club pretty much every couple of weeks um and and basically you know work out those issues oh fantastic so yeah. you that you're you're the guy that the club will listen to rather than whoa you should sack that manager is useless you know yeah we try and try and sort of steer away from what's going on on the pitch um because you know that's something that we can't control but we can control you know the match day experience you know how the fans interact with the football club um so yeah that's that's what we're there to do yeah, and how are you finding this season yeah brilliant so far um we're doing really well um yeah, so hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully like, it will. I didn't come on here and talk so, about football. No, 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 to be fair, it's one thing I'll talk about all day. So, um, but no, it's 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 great to be involved. We were at a, a gala dinner last night for the community department, and um, just just looking to see what they do and and the amount of interaction they have with the community. It's just it's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And how are you finding interacting with uh, with people within the parade here? Because we had our first sort of experience of. Uh, you know, as, as in regards to your business, of course, just switch the subject. Um, how are you finding like the community here with the, with the other traders? It's great. Uh, I think everybody here, you know, we're all sort of smaller businesses. Um, we're all quite niche as well. Um, so we've all got the same sort of issues that we have with footfall and stuff like that. Um, we looked all over town for premises. Uh, the big issue we have is security because obviously the, the kit that we carry, money, we, yeah. we weren't suited for somewhere like Pride Hill and Darwin purely because there was too much footfall and it would have meant employing another extra couple of members of staff purely yeah. from a security point of view. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's a fantastic building to be in. I was talking to someone from PC World uh, a few weeks ago. It was about last week, and he was talking about how they just people come in and just rip tablets off the displays and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I, I can imagine that being an issue for you. If yeah, you, if you it, it, yeah, that that's the problem. Um, you know, if you've got 
a lot of people in the store at once you know we've only got a limited amount of, of, of staff but uh, you know this this place is ideal really for us um you know great community here everyone looks after each other um yeah yeah i mean i've just gone to to, to get coffee from jules at the riverview and she was like 165 you're in the parade and i was like oh wow i didn't know that <laughs> i had no idea but yeah i, I compared this to, uh, yesterday to stan uh to a middle eastern bazaar it's kind of like you walk through and it's just anything and everything here you know it, it is i mean it's a it's an unbelievable building i mean obviously with being the old hospital and you know everybody in Shrewsbury knows it as the old rsi um and you sort of walk through the building and it's still got that feel about it of you know the old wards and and the the you know the wings and so stuff the, like the that the romance hasn't died it's, on you yet then. no i love stuff like this you know i love buildings like this the older buildings in Shrewsbury especially and um yeah this is one that hasn't lost its character i, at all. I was uh, stood waiting because i got to collect the key every morning to let myself in and give them the key back and i was waiting on the steps to see the caretaker and i was just looking through the pillars and see me i was just kind of like Oh my god like i've got you know a studio here like it's just nuts it's yeah just really yeah, it crazy is. And I, I love it yeah no, it's, it is a fantastic building and uh, I'm, I'm guessing you've not come across the ghost yet but um, she, oh, well, I, I work she is a prison I work at the prison we've, we've dealt with <laughs> oh, stuff right, like okay, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that there was an, a, an occasion where I did kind of you know uh, get scared I was going to swore then <laughs> but I'm kind of comfortable with stuff like that um, uh, golden quarter Christmas coming up yeah is that a big thing for you or is it is it just the same because computers are a big thing to buy aren't they yeah, yeah. It, it does get busy in the run-up to Christmas um you know I'd be concerned if it didn't um so but it, it's not to be honest we we are sort of busy all year round we we quite specialist in what we do so we do a lot of um custom-built gaming systems we buy a lot of custom-built kitting for for clients as well so stuff that they can't get off the shelf so yeah whilst you know christmas will be busy and and you know i'd, I'd hope that we will sell more laptops this month than or next month than any other um <laughs> it's it's sort of it, it, it's it's busy throughout the year but um so, yeah so if i came to you and said oh, i want you to make a laptop for me that's optimum for podcasting could you do that for me? <laughs> yeah, so basically, I mean, with laptops, with, with desktop PCs, we will build it to spec. So we will literally buy the parts and build that that PC to spec. With laptops, what we do is we'll go out to people like HP, Acer, Asus, give them the spec that, that we feel that you need, and they will always come back with something that's suitable. Mm. Um, so, you know, a lot of the kit we sell isn't on the shelf. We order it in, but it is specialist kit. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And, you know, after 18 months, um, has it been, been a success? This is, has been like an experiment for you or is it like, is it like, yes, this is what we're going to, you know, it, it's not really been a, an experiment. We, we've both been in the industry in Shrewsbury for a long time. So, yeah. it, you know, it was sort of the natural step for us to, to sort of open. We, Victoria's our, our sort of repairs um, manager, repairs guru, um, and she has a very big client base that will sort of doesn't really matter where she is, will go and just because it's her. Um, oh, that's cool. So, that's really um, cool. you know, so we, we've then the sort of the natural progression for us was to open a place um, ourselves. And um, yeah, it's been a massive, massive success. Fantastic. Well, look, thank you very much for coming to chat with me because I know it's not. It, 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 I've been doing it for a while now, so it's not scary to me, but I don't look at things from the outside, kind of, you know, put a microphone in your face. But thank you very much for chatting no, with thank me. Thank you very and much. You know what? I will probably pop when I get some money by. I will, I do need something built for me. So I will pop in at some point and be like, Mike, 
Oh, me, you know. No problem at all. Well, um, and where can people find you on social media, things like that? Uh, so search Salop Technology, saloptechnology.co.uk. Um, we're on uh, Twitter as well. We are on Facebook, again, Salop Technology. Yeah. Um, yep, and um, yeah, yeah. Give us a shout. Okay, so for all, for all your computing needs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, so guys, welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I am your host, Alex Whiteley. Joined with me today at Biscuit Studios in the Parade is Jules. Ah, Jules Fox. Hi. How's it going? And we have on the show again the great and powerful Stan's Asian. Hi. The great and powerful Stan Sedman. Just Yay! This is how I ended up on Monopoly. I've got the gift of the gab, obviously. <laughs> Thank you for joining us again. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's yeah. been. It's, uh, it was the the chat we had last time with Lorraine Fletcher was so well received. People loved hearing you on our show. Mm. So it's a real honour to have you on again. You know, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, cool. we've got you here for a reason today because because obviously we're situated here at the parade shopping centre, um, just behind St Mary's in town. Um, we thought we'd get you on to talk a bit about the history. Let's talk about the history of the building and who else to go to than Stan Sebman. You know. Okay. Well. Let's start in the mid-18th century Shrewsbury, approximately 7,000 inhabitants, most living within the area of the town walls. Right. And whilst the gentry and the wealthy were living in well-maintained areas and comfort, the poor of the town were in areas dilapidated and overcrowded, dark and airless dwellings, which were lice and vermin-ridden. Nice. That's wow. set in the scene. And there's records of 16 people living in two rooms of one of the watchtowers. What, on the town walls? On the town walls, yeah. Wow. The streets were cobbled and mm. were cluttered with questionable drainage. <laughs> Roaming dogs added to the filth. Bed bugs thrived as did other vermin. Drunkenness was habitual. <laughs> Bit like now. Bit like <laughs> Saturday night rounds. And, and the quality of food was poor. Mm. Yeah. So that's the scene. And killing diseases abounded, such as contagious fever, which is typhus, intermittent fever, which is malaria, smallpox, putrid fever, sweating fever. What's putrid fever? uh, Literally, uh, the the burning of the body and and sickness and that Ah, sort of thing. Um, And, of course, excessive alcohol caused cirrhosis of the liver, which mm. led to many cases of dropsy, which was water collecting in the body. Right. And even children suffered horrifying effects of liquor, and records in 1757 showed that a prodigious number of children are cruelly murdered by these infernals called nurses, <laughs> which were usually women of poor character who took in children from the parish for a fee. Mm. But they'd throw a spoonful of gin or some spirits down the child's throat to satisfy them. But it instantly strangled the child. And when the autopsy was there, it looked as though they'd had convulsions. So that was the sort of thing was going on. And in the mid-1700s, the Georgians, we often think of the Victorians as being the philanthropists of the world, but the the Georgians in Shrewsbury created lots of things like schools for children Mm. and almshouses and things like that. And they were concerned about this. And a group of people, uh, Sir Roland Hill of Hawkson, Sir Richard Corbett of Longner, and Sir Thomas Whitmore, and Sir Thomas Hill of Turn, these four people produced a leaflet termed a proposal for erecting an infirmary for the poor, sick, and lame of this county. 
and neighbourhood. And that was published in 1737. Ah. So that, that's the situation we're there. And they were determined to bring relief to their fellow human beings. The response was zero. Really? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, a further announcement was made in 1746, emphasising the need for a local infirmary. Mention was made of the London hospitals, the success they'd had in counteracting the diseases there, and the newly established ones at Winchester, Bristol, Exeter and Nottingham. Mm. And, and they were up and running. And a public meeting was held in 1746, which agreed to form a committee, chaired by Lord Herbert, Baron of Cherbury, with Sir William Corbett of Adderley, John Mitten of Halston, William Lutwich of Lutwich, William Taylor of Roddington. And this committee resolved that a public inquiry, uh, public infirmary should be established in Shrewsbury for the poor, sick and lame. So that was like, there was only so many places around the country that had these. So this is pretty much state of the art, right? Is we're, getting... we're, we're in the lead. Yeah. Mm. Shrewsbury's up there. With the, with the, with the lot, fifth place outside, outside London and the, yeah. to, to actually create it. So how would you set it up? Well, there's no public funds at all, mm. but you go for subscriptions and benefactions and things like that. And yeah. people would subscribe and people would hold functions. Um, and people were co-opted across the county to actually raise money. And it would be the gentry of the people. People had the clout, as one would say. Yeah. You know, the treasurer was appointed yearly. And if you look at the list of treasurers, they were the very, very powerful men of the county who yeah. could call in favours, and people would follow. Yeah. Uh, follow the lead. So that was time. They looked at how to do it, and at that time there was a, a government instruction that if you had an infirmary. You had to appoint a pocketry, which is a surgeon basically, and a matron, a secretary, and a schoolmaster, which is quite interesting. A, a schoolmaster in a hospital? Yeah, for, mm. the, for the children, along with nurses and staff as required by the, by the numbers. Mm. So, having established these requirements, they set about creating the infirmary. So, here we go. They started looking for a, a suitable location, and they came up with two possible sites. The first one was the quarry. Oh, really? Open, open space, public land. Yeah. And they looked there. And designs were drawn up by the architect, Thomas Farnalls Pritchard, who was responsible for the Shrewsbury School building uh, and, uh, and, and St. Um, Julian's Church and things like that. So he was a well-known one. Mm. But it was ruled out due to the cost. Right. Okay. Even back then, <laughs> cost still an issue. You want to do what? <laughs> the second choice, and the one that was eventually chosen, was Broom Hall, which was a, a residence partly completed of the late Corbett Kiniston in St. Mary's Churchyard, this area here. Oh, so this was the churchyard? And, and, uh, part of the churchyard, oh. and two houses that were here. There were legal complications because of... The, the, the wills and things like that. But that was got round, and they reached a, a rent for their buildings of £54 a year. Barking. <laughs> Not bad, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Funds had by that time had reached £503, mm -hmm. five shillings. That's, what, in today's money? That's old money. Oh, old money. Right, okay. okay. And the estimate for completion of the infirmary had been set at 500 so they okay. had the money. Yeah. There was a bit of a delay because at that time we had the Jacobite re Revolution, mm -hmm. Bonnie Prince Charlie, 
but as things went on, tenders were put out for all sorts of things to do with the building and, 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 and what have you. Perused by the committee, you have a committee. Sometimes committee creates camels, don't they? But yeah. in this case, they got on with it. And they arranged everything, the development of the place, and set it up. On the 25th of April, 1747, the Salop Infirmary opened its doors to the poor, sick and lame of this county. Mm. So that's the magic date, 25th of April, 1747. Oh, wow. Was it greatly received? Do you know if it was greatly received? Very much so. 1757 or 47? 47. 47, yeah. By 1825, records show that there had been 35 thousand six hundred and ninety inpatients had been admitted. Nineteen thousand three hundred and eleven were discharged as cured and three thousand five hundred and thirty seven relieved. So we had the cured and the relieved. What's the difference? You cured completely, the others it relieves the problem. It might be, oh, right, okay, might yeah. be a broken leg or something like that. Yeah. And then outpatients, which are in addition to all these Total 56,719, of which 40,946 were cured and 5,579 were relieved. The numbers are huge. If you take the admissions, the cured and the relieved, Mm -hmm. there is a big gap. Yeah. No mention is mentioned of where the missing numbers went. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, morgue. Back then, obviously, there was no NHS, obviously. No, you know? no. And with it, with it being for the, the poor, the, yes. this hospital, how yeah. would that work? Because they can't afford the healthcare, right? No, but it would be funded uh, by the benefactors who would pay, support a bed yeah. in yeah. a will or something like that, and they would fund that bed. So that's your sponsors. And, and sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of things were going on around the county. For example, um, there was lots of pressure for new subscriptions. As I said, that treasurer was the, the, the key man mm. within the whip. But I'll give you an example. One, one, one lady ran a bazaar and she raised £1,078.07 for a bazaar back then in, oh. in, in the 1800s. That's a lot of money to raise. That's double what yeah. it cost to make it. <laughs> don't forget we were a very rich, very rich county. That's true, yeah. And that's true. You had a lot of powerful people, uh, gentry here. Yeah. So there we are. And then the population over the period of the, um, the Georgian period, it increased right up to 18,000 by, by 19, 20, 18, sorry, 1826. And in, admissions were too much for the infirmary. Right. So it was resolved to build a new one. And 1827, they moved the patients from Broom Hall, that was then, mm-hmm. up to Kingsland. Right. To where the schools are now, because that had been the Foundling Hospital, oh. and it was empty. There'd been some prison wars in there. Yeah, it was empty, and so they moved them up there. There was a couple of complications, you know. Could they use the privy in the, in the garden? Yeah. Where do you bury your dead? Yeah, and that sort of thing. And th- those were resolved. Where, uh, where, where do you know where they buried the dead? Around. Somewhere up in Kingston. I've never bothered to try and find out. No, no, no. But could be anywhere. But yeah. there was there was there was always um, there was a pit there for the plague victims. So there's oh, lo- there's lots of right, r- yeah. lots of remains in that area. Oh, wow. And the foundation, the money was given. The old buildings were knocked down in three months, and the foundation stone 
for the new hospital was laid by the Right Honourable Lord Hill. Right. The, uh, gen- the gentry there all the time coming in. And it was built of Grinsnell stone in plain Grecian style with at its centre frontage a Doric portico. And at the top of the building on a tablet was inserted Salop Infirmary, established 1745, supported by voluntary subscriptions and benefactors, rebuilt 1830, E. Haycock's architect. And that's on the front of this building now. Okay. So that, you say Grinshill Stone? Yes. So as in like the quarry up at Corbett Wood? Yes. Ah, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. local stone. Yeah. Okay. Right, so what we've got, we've got a building. There's four stories. That's quite a building. Mm. In the basement were offices, a covered courtyard for coal, and the water storage for general supplies throughout the building. The principal floor was the boardroom, the dispensary, waiting rooms and admitting rooms. You mm-hmm. had waiting rooms, then you'd admit them. Also apartments for the surgeon and matron, which two wards for the accidents. So mm. a Georgian accident emergency basically set in there. The first floor was fitted up for male patients with seven wards, a day room, scullery and bathrooms. The second floor similarly laid out for ladies. Mm-hmm with a large well-lit loom for operations and with two communicating side wards from the operations. In the attics were four more rooms, but that's where the nurses lived in the attic. Okay, right. Quite so. dismal conditions. And some of the conditions that the nurses, they had two nights off a week. That's it? That was it. And then there was a big argument going on and they were eventually given one day off a week. They had <laughs> one day off a week. So those were the oh conditions. Gosh. <laughs> so... Uh, pretty, pretty strict sort of situations. But in September 1830, the new infirmary was brought into use. Because this new image and yeah. people want to be linked to this, you know it's like, people yeah. like the link to something new, you know. And benefactors continued to roll in, swelling the funds, and the reputation of the hospital grew. And yeah. it became well known throughout the country as a serving a good, uh, giving a good service. In 1833, the very first royal visit took place. The Duchess of Kent came to see the services provided. Mm. So they were interested in what was being provided in the provinces for these hospitals. Various other buildings were brought into use because obviously space was was needed all the time. And alterations were constantly taking place. Balconies were added on the riverside to give people the fresh air. The left-hand block was added on in 1908. 1910. So they were expanding all the time. Mm. The nurses, as I said earlier on, were stuck up in the attic. Not very good conditions for the working conditions. And people felt they needed something. So in 1907, it was obvious there was need for a nurse's home. Yeah. And at the time, they replaced these conditions. As a temporary measure, they were given accommodation in Quarry Place. Okay. Okay. which eventually became a, a, a nursing home. And on the 5th of November, and I remember 5th of November because it's my regimental battle on a day, oh, right. Battle of Vinkerman, let's <laughs> <laughs> throw that in. <laughs> Captain Hayward Lonsdale laid the foundation stone and his wife formally opened the buildings in November 1910. Right. So once again, the gentries are there, yeah. they're opening, they're laying the stones, they're opening the place. In 1912, and you up to date, X-ray unit. Oh wow! Yeah, was donated by Mr. and Mrs. Corkerdale, 
and many other donation items over the years, given him additional beds, facilities, mm. uh, all, all sorts of things were given in. And in 1914, when he was visiting the Royal Agricultural Show in Monkmore, King George V visited it, the hospital. Wow, uh, I don't know. And he was so impressed on his appreciation speech, he granted it the title royal. Mm. Okay, so in 1914, he became the Royal Salop Infirmary. Ah, oh. yeah. wow. That was a All right. Mm. The local benefactors would be thrilled to bits with that. They were part of it. The name they were part of it. They would meet the king, what have you. Uh, and then in 1919, proposals were considered for building an auxiliary hospital as a memorial to the people that had fallen in the First World War. And it was decided with that money they were going to build an extension alongside the infirmary. Right. And this was made possible from the County War Memorial Fund, which provided money for war morals around. And the wing would consist of 22 beds for children and eight maternity beds. Uh-huh. And if you went to the far end of this grey stone building, yeah. you'll see a brick extension right, going okay. out yeah. further on. That is that war memorial. Uh-huh. And you can't read it, but just outside the cafe, yeah. the terrace cafe, on the wall, you can just see uh, what is obviously a, a, a stone, and you can just see some faint lines. Oh. And on it says... The foundation stone reads, To the glory of God and for the benefit of mankind, the foundation stone of the extension to the Royal Salop Infirmary, erected as a county war memorial, was laid on December the 19th, A.D. 1925, by the Most Honourable, the Marchioness of Cambridge. Oh, beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, and that, that stone... I'm going to, I, I, I only found it recently. I've been looking for ages and I look in the wrong place and I found it the other day and it's really difficult to read. Right. You yeah. can get a thing, it's called gra- gravestone cleaner. Yeah. And if you spray it on it, it lifts the word in and I'm going to have a word with the people and see if we can do that. Uh, yeah, that's because good I, I think it's important. Is it sandstone? Is it uh, sun- no, it, it looks, looks quite hard stone. Oh, okay. You know? And you can so just it see should. it should come up all right. Mm. Okay? So that's where we've got that extension. And then during the Second World War, they built an operating theatre on the roof. Oh, right, okay. okay. So above... Above, would, above the, the what roof. What was the nurses' quarters? Yes, they built up there. Yeah. Oh. The nurses had moved out. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they built a top concrete veranda and balcony was constructed to link the two cross wings. Mm-hmm. And a five-storey sluice block <laughs> was added. <laughs> <laughs> and a place called... Singfeld in Kingsland, a large house in Kingsland, mm-hmm. um, was taken over for additional accommodation for nurses right. and also a preliminary training school. And I've actually taken people on tours of Kingsland who actually can remember being there as a young nurse. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So there we are. And this is all running on voluntary contributions and benefactions and people leaving money in the will. Yeah. Uh, and then 1948. Mm. Was taken over, yep. and the government came in. Mm. National Health Scheme. Yeah. Incidentally, in Oren Bevan's talk about the National Health Service, he refers to William Clement of Shrewsbury mm-hmm. as being 
the instigator of much of what the NHS stands for. Oh, really? And he was refused permission to become a surgeon here, <sighs> which he was prepared to do. He was a doctor in the town. He lived in the, 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 the castle court down there. Uh, because of his liberal views, he was mayor and MP for Shrewsbury, and he was blackballed by <laughs> some of the people he, he couldn't get in. Because, I, because yeah. a lot of what this, this place stands for yeah. from the very beginning... Yeah. Is your early model for an NHS, isn't it? Yes, it it is. Everything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, of course, Dr. Darwin, Robert Darwin's father, worked on and off here for 42 years, Mm. providing his service. A lot of it would be voluntary. A lot of these people coming in. Yeah. You know how doctors are are massively, they're paid a really good wage nowadays. Was that the case back then? Uh, They would have their private practices. They get their money. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there a lot of the thing for the poor, and particularly you read the story of Darwin. He treated people for no- nothing. He'd, he'd oh. give them. He'd say, "You bring the bottle, and I'll give you the medicine." That sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so it, <clears throat> it was taken over, and a board of management was mm. created. And yeah, once again, and it's sad because over the years, so many local people had raised money for this building and mm. thing, but. Then additional locations came in. <coughs> Sorry, pardon. Well, additional locations came into fold. So there's a Monkmore Insulation Hospital. That was used for children. The move for the children out there. There was a military hospital, which is now Copthorne North. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And that was taken in mm-hmm. and used, and geriatrics went there and things yeah. that over the years. And much discussion was held about what do you do? Can we continue here? Can mm. this survive in this environment? The population's growing, isn't it? It's growing and growing and yeah. demands and, and uh, the quality of treatment is changing. And, and what I guess have with you. the war as well, with the war. Yeah, brings yeah. 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 yeah, all those sort of problems. We've, we've just seen it in the Afghanistan, the, the change in treatment, trauma yeah. treatment mm. because of the injuries that are caused there. Yeah. Uh, so that's the sort of thing going on. Anyway, they looked around where they could do, and eventually Copthorne was chosen as where they would build the new hospital. Right. And zero hour for the Royal Salop Infirmary in this location was 8 a.m. on Sunday, the 20th of November, 1977. Oh. Wow. So that was zero oh, hour. 1977. And throughout its 230 years of life, it has served the people of the county well, giving its best to all those who cross the threshold. Mm. And that's what you could look at. So that closed, and we've got this grade two listed building. Yes. What do you do with it? Mm. It's, yeah. op- it's offered up to various organizations, public bodies, and what have you. Nobody wanted it. I mean, you've got to think of the work involved. However, it was saved. A man called Bob Freeman came along, mm-hmm. a local businessman who bought it in 1980. So it was empty for sort of a good three three years. years, Yes, yeah. yeah. While the discussions were going on, it was. At one time, they were thought about putting the theatre here. Okay. Mm, That was one of the thoughts. Mm. And he restored the building. Mm -hmm. He didn't just restore it, he transformed it. Because it doesn't feel like a hospital. (laughs) No. No. It's a a community, it's Mm. an environment. And the operating theatre on the roof was demolished, along with the concrete balconies. The sluice and the boiler rooms were all demolished. Stonework was repaired and replaced with stone to the original original design. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
The corridor plan of the original hospital enabled the top three floors to be converted into 31 apartments. Oh, that's how many's up there. I did wonder. (laughs) And the lower two floors became specialist shopping units. Mm. And in in my opinion, it's a haven worth exploring. Mm. It's variety and it's quality of provision. You come down here... It's it's quite vibrant. It's a quiet place, but there's a lot going on. Mm. You go along there. There's children doing things. You go upstairs as a, a top class tailor. Yeah. You know, there's hairdressers. Uh, there's things like podcasts sitting in the <laughs> <laughs> opposite DCM Antiques, which is full of war medals. Yes, <laughs> a lot, lot fantastic that you know, yeah. and the stamp collector and yeah. things like that. We'd speak okay. to him today. Fascinating, yeah. fascinating. So, what we now have is a beautiful building. Mm-hmm. which after a life of public service is still serving yeah. the local community. Mm-hmm. And it's had its own glory. It's appeared on 1984, Christmas Carol. Of course it has. Yes, let's talk about that, yeah, the yeah. Christmas Carol. That was, that was outside. The, the front of it was used as the outside of the corn exchange. Yep. And that's where you see Scrooge walking across, coming up from Wynne's house down there, walking that's that direction. Right. There's children skating on... Plastic covered with artificial snow. <laughs> <laughs> there's people playing their instruments, there's yeah. carol singers. Uh, and it was a major part there. Mm. Uh, and so it played its part. And it's appeared in TV things like Most Haunted. And, yeah, and, tell and, us a bit about that yeah. as well. Yeah, there's various stories here. Um, when Martin Wood finished um, school, he got a job as a porter here. Oh, in, the, okay. in, the, in the porter's lodge as a junior porter and they used to talk a man called Fred who used to come and stand at the stable door and just wait there and then just disappear and they reckon it was the, the spirit of someone who used to come to the hospital for arms because that's what they would do they would come to the back door to get remnants of food and oh, things okay. like that there's a, uh, the lady the, the, the matron as it's called who still technically is heard to say patrols the corridor mm-hmm. walking up and down um, and that was built into a story on Most Haunted, twisted a little bit. Yeah. But the one thing, and I've spoken to night nurses who used to work here, and what would happen, they'd be sitting there, and if you imagine a ward at night, you'd have the, the night nurse in the centre of the ward with the beds going down the side like a nightingale ward, and she'd be there documenting things, treating, giving tablets and what have you, keeping an eye on things. And they say a lady would walk in to the ward, and stand at the bottom of the bed. And they knew that within a certain period of time, that person would die, would not <gasps> oh recover. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, scary. And, and I, I've heard it for a number of things, but two people who actually say they know it's a fact oh. have, have told me that. So I take that quite often because in, you hear of it in other hospitals of this era. You don't hear about new hospitals. No. But also this area is where you get those visitations. So whether there's any truth in that one, well, I this think is possible. This is quite a, an old gothic-y looking building, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas like yeah. hospitals, modern day hospitals look yeah. very clinical. Yes. You know, so you don't mm. get that kind yeah. of eeriness. You kind of just expect it to go about business 24 hours a day. Whereas this place, you look at it and you think... Ooh. There's little nooks and crannies when you yeah. walk. Yeah. You walk along the corridor, and there's a little recess and things yeah. like that. You know. Yeah. So um, with this matron, though, so obviously that was like you've spoken to nurses, yes, which served here. Yeah. Obviously, probably not long to prior its closure. Prior close, yeah. So how? So what era do they think the matron might have come from? 
No, no, there was an, because if you read back about the matrons, there was a, a series of matrons and it was so hard working. The number of them, some, some of them died in office. Right. Um, some, some of them just left and just died with mm. the pressure of the, the work that they'd gone under. So it, could it be one of those? Yeah. And we're talking about the era, the, the, the Georgian era, that yeah. sort of period. Um, so, you know, you know, I mean, life wasn't hard. I mean, they were very, very, strict rules on the amount of food they got, mm. how many ounces of meat, how many um, pints of beer. Yeah. I mean, that was all the part of the rations of the beer. And things like that. The food was very strictly controlled. Yeah. And they'd, they'd keep tight reins of the, the, the money. Um, and uh, it would be a difficult time for people to run the place. Yeah. Relying on benefactors and that sort of thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. Yeah. How long did it take to convert? Because I know obviously you said in 1980, it's Bob Freeman. Bob Freeman, yeah. yeah. Obviously purchased yeah. and then... But how yeah. long did it take for him to convert it so that like people could move into the apartments and units could come in or shops could come into the units? I honestly don't know uh, and because I wasn't here at that time. Yeah. Uh, I remember it, it being closed and then I, I, I was disappeared off. Yeah. And so I don't really know. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously the Freemans would be able to tell you or the, yeah, yeah. they'd be able to tell you that, but I, I can't, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 And you were saying about the nurses, you know the building's just along from us? The nurses' home. Yeah. yeah. Is that... That was where the nursing home. That's the nur- That was the nurses' living accommodation. So, nurses' quarters. So out of the attic and into those Absolutely. very nice looking buildings. It, a beautiful building. Yeah. The, the architect was Lloyd Oswell, who who was the architect for the Halifax Building Society. Yep. Uh, the girls' high school. Yeah. Um, and it was it's Ruaban brick. Yeah. Lovely brick. Uh, I mean, it's a super building. Yeah, yeah. And it's a big building. Because um, there are apartments in there now, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, um, mm. and, yeah, and some really nice apartments. Yeah. When, when they were altering the apartments, I went and had a look. And, uh, Did you? Yeah, and had a look in there. And they were very good, very, mm. very, very nice. I'm always, I'm always curious as well as about the, the setup of this building because obviously when you walk around that, you were talking about, a, you know, bizarre, those kind of mm. those um, eastern shops. <laughs> it feels, it's got that sort of feel. Yes, especially if you walk in that way. Yes. 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 Yeah. As against coming down the stairs. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you walk in there and you've got that feeling. Mm. You know? yeah. yeah, everything is like arched around into your own little cells. But as you look into some of the shops, like it, where we are in the studio right now, there's like... These look like doorways. They yeah. look like the probably walks yeah. that they used probably to walk were. through. Yeah. You know, it's always you're always curious about what the place. But we're in the basement, aren't we? So yes. What did you say the basement was? And there was uh, it was offices and and things like that. Yes, that would make yeah. sense. And, then, wouldn't it? and stores. And, yeah, and, and, and the morgue apparently. Yes, and the morgue. Yeah. yeah. Was the morgue down there part of the attachment? Yes, attached on there. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I was very lucky uh, to pop to the architects in the building across here. That was the modern, more modern morgue. Apparently, oh yeah, downstairs apparently was yeah. the morgue, and I got to go up to speak to the architects there and look yeah. at the computer, the things that they'd worked on and stuff. Yeah. Fascinating buildings. Mm-hmm. This, this corner of Shrewsbury, with St Mary's, with this hospital, is just rife with history. Yeah. Just. There's so much you could talk about, isn't there? Can you imagine recovering and you're out on the balcony getting <laughs> fresh air and you're looking over that beautiful view, the vista? Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. If you stand on there, you can, you can talk about princes being born just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Prince Richard, Duke of York, who was one of the, the princes that was allegedly murdered in the Tower of London. He was born just over the wall there. Oh, you know, people, people from the Battle of Shrewsbury... 
were buried there because they were taken, they were killed as yeah. a result of their injuries. Mm. They died and they were buried there. And I've had people on tours who were actually school children were part of the investigation before they built the, the new Blackfriars and they were digging up skeletons of people. Oh, wow. Dated from then. Oh, my gosh. So much. At, at the back here, you've got the bank going down. Mm. That's really steep as there, well, isn't it? There actually? was quite a lot of slippage at one time yeah. and, and there's a lot of metal and concrete in, that, in there. Mm. But in, 18, in 1985, I think it was, Shrewsbury, under leadership of George Hill, who had Jones's furniture shop in Mardell, won Britain in bloom. Mm -hmm. And then the next year, they came second in Europe in bloom. Wow. And he planted daffodils on there. Oh, okay. And in the spring, they used to come out and it would spell out Britain in bloom, 1985, European bloom, 1986. <laughs> and they were there for many years. Still, some of the daffodils come back, but they've died and that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Um, so, yeah, it, it sort of, but you stand there and you look out, you look on the English Bridge, you look across the Webb, yeah, the Abbey, you look vista. across Lord Hill's Column. You, mm. yeah, the, the view you've got is, is, is amazing. We were just out there this morning recording some social media. We were just doing Facebook things. And yeah. Yeah. You look yeah. at that view and it's breathtaking. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about the Prince. You, you've got the um, signal box, the world's largest hand operated right. signal box. Yeah. The, the tallest. Single stand, freestanding Doric column. Yep. Yep, they're all in front of you. Mm. you know? And that's mm. what's beautiful about Shrewsbury, isn't it? I yeah. mean, we could take the Tascam and we could stand on there for about an hour with you, this yeah. handheld microphone, yeah. and we could talk for an hour. Yeah. But, you know, that's. Mm. Without even moving, you'd, you could just stand in one spot and you'd just go, you can talk about Arthur Rowley playing football yeah. on, the, yeah. on the, the meadow, the meadow opening in 1910 there, and then moving off up to. Is there, the game is there a tour that. I know you do a bit on your tour yeah. here, uh, sort of outside and stuff like that, but yeah. is there a tour in place where people can do that? Um, I think it's like anything. If somebody wanted to do a tour, if they went to the Visitor Information Centre and said they wanted a tour of this area, mm -hmm. they would find somebody to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No question about it. Yeah, because mm. I yeah. think it'd be fascinating. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you're walking around the parade and you're looking at the shops, just think about where you actually are. Mm. Because this this history is well documented, I guess. It's, yes, it's oh, all yeah. there. Where, yeah. where did you uh, do your research? Where can people go and find out about these things? A lot of the records, are, you can go into the archives and find records. Yeah. Uh, people have written about it as well. And you yeah. can just gather it in and, and you know put bits together mm. from different sources. You know. Yeah. Do you know of any uh, pictures uh, of what this place used to look like while it was a hospital? Have you, have you heard of anything? There'll be some in the archives. Yeah. Shops around archives bound to have some yeah I, I, i'll be 100% certain they would have them yeah, yeah. i bet, I bet yeah. they would yeah. see if we can get something fascinating because you've got the plant i mean there's drawings here isn't there on this it is on this floor isn't it yeah there's a yeah. like a, dark, a schematic yes yeah of like the layout yeah. of the old hospital so yeah, yeah. but yeah but, you know you know pictures of the wards and and the, mm. the, the, the nurses yeah, the way the exactly. nurses dressed and everything is that sort of thing yeah you know? Um, yeah. it's, it's just quite fascinating that one of the I, think, I guess in my consideration one of the most important buildings in Shrewsbury mm -hmm. is tucked away in this corner of, of the town you know every building whatever how big or small yeah has had people in it yes mm. and every person has their own story yeah and from there you build a picture yeah and the more you go around Shrewsbury the more fascinating it becomes you look out a window and you see something and you think yeah who walked along there yeah. what happened here it, it, it it's 
breathtakingly fascinating mm. Shrewsbury. Mm. Yeah, that absolutely is. We were yeah. me and Shane were walking down that hill, you know, where the hive is. Yes, uh, that that really steep hill. Yeah, yeah. Back, back of the lion um, and he was like oh these cobbles he was stamping on them he was like these have been here for hundreds of years if, yeah. if, if cobbles could tell stories yes. and, so, yeah. you know. and buildings do tell stories if yes. you research them you know yeah I'm, I'm just researching the um, for a talk next year I'm, I'm researching the quarry oh okay hmm. uh, alright okay we'll maybe, you can, maybe you can clear something up for us as well actually it's, it was, I saw it on Facebook oh, the, yeah. the new Monopoly board yes <laughs> which we were a part of thank you very yeah. much uh, there was a, a debate going on about the quarry or the quarry park because they put the quarry park on the board and people were like it's the quarry we know it as the quarry it's not the quarry park it is the, the with the small t quarry with a capital Q oh okay yeah and that is derived from the word quarrel where you qu- you quartered stones and you carved stones and things like that. So it's never been Quarry Park? Never been Quarry Park, but the reason that it's slowly crept in as a Quarry Park is when people are bidding for funds for various things, you know, from different Mm. benefactors, the problem is if you put the quarry, they think it's a quarry. Yeah, yeah. They don't realise it's a public park. Yeah. And that place is absolutely steeped the stories mm. yeah, and, and, and it, it, it's a wonderful place the more I'm looking at it I'm still started on it and it really is absolutely I was reading something I think so that, there's going to be some tours is there in 2020 that you're doing in for the quarry I don't know go on say there is <laughs> I, I saw something for the love of shoes I think it might have been Lorraine that shared it about how they used to wash the stones in the river and it caused lots of pollution or I don't know if that was something along those lines where it made the water a funny colour um, he's shaking his head. I don't know. No, I've read no, something. No, never heard that one. No. <laughs> but, uh, maybe for another day. But, but look, there's lots of things. We talked about Lord Hill. Mm. Yeah. Lord Hill, when he came back from the Peninsula Wars, there were so many people that were getting trampled because the, the welcome he was given in the quarry. Mm. Because it was a public space, you know. And there's the flower show as well that's been, yeah. you know, it's been going yeah. on. For I mean, yeah. I mean, originally the Burgesses, the Freeman of the town, owned it. And then slowly it became local government. And, and the, one of the best things is that when we went unitary town council, the town council retained it. Yeah. And, and they've got that control. Yeah. And I, I walk to there regularly and uh, it's brilliant. All sorts of little stories linked to it. You mm. know? And it's like, I know like the Dingle is one of the most photographed uh, parts of Shrewsbury ever, yeah. but it is one of the most tranquil places. Yeah. You, the, the things you can go and look at, there's yeah. the statue that's behind the... the what? Well, Sabrina. The Sabrina. The Sabrina, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, there's, there's so much you can just go in and, and reflect about, you yeah. know, and that, that's, that's really important to have something like that in your town because not everybody has that. No. Nope. They and really we, don't. And we get visited night herons and, and black swans. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it's, all this sort of thing comes into it. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful shoes, beautiful shoes. Yeah. Anyway, there we are. Thank you very much for joining us, Dan. Again, really you know, fascinating. You're, you're a star, it's an a absolute star. People do love hearing your voice on our show. <laughs> so we'll have to come up with something. We'll have to give you a building every couple of months to talk about. <laughs> yes, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's all the dates and everything on there. Oh, Fantastic. brilliant. Thank you. Have you got anything that you want to tell people about? Any Anything coming up that you'd like to draw people's attention to? No, just be proud of your town. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, we've got problems and we, the, lots of little things you can niggle out, but just be proud of what we've got. Yeah. And, and, and welcome people that visit. 
Yeah. Uh, if you see somebody with a map, see if you can help them. You know, mm. and and that sort of thing. And I think that's the important thing. Um, uh, yeah, just be proud and look after it. Yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah, I, I, I second that because I've seen that. I have seen a lot of people that taking pictures and happily enjoying themselves mm. around our town. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's really nice to see. Let's let's encourage that. Yeah, like you say as well. It's about people being proud. You know, I suppose the example, the good example that was on that, obviously the, for the Love of Shrewsbury Facebook, Facebook page was, you know, the Darna Bridge just been completed yeah. and then the, behold, graffiti yeah. already yeah. and, you know, a picture of that chap trying to clean it off. Yes. And that's what you want is people but, oh, to do that. And there are dozens and dozens <coughs> of people around here. When I did Shrewsbury in Bloom, I met a lot of people who beavered away in the background and with the love of Shrewsbury tours and, yeah. and the money going to different charities, you see that little group of people yeah. who are doing lots of things for other people, mm. willingly, voluntary, for yeah. nothing, you know. Yeah. Beautiful. And the atmosphere, I mean, did, did you go to the... Um, light switch on them. I did, I did. That um, way, to see those children who mm. made those lanterns walking down the street oh, with so their parents was fantastic. And they got to have their moment on the stage as well, yeah. which was lovely. I could hear stuff. I could hear the band when they came through marching because yes. I, was, I was working in the market hall, uh, so I yeah. could hear everything, but I couldn't see anything out of the uh. windows. <laughs> I think I think next year I'm going to get my little boy to make a lantern. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic! Yeah. And they walk along. And they're, they're part of the they're part of the parade, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I was on the Remembrance Day parade going through town, and it was absolutely packed. Mm. I've never known a Remembrance Day parade like it. This year's was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, there's a lot of feeling in the town, and I think anything to help it is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Which, anyway. yeah, which is why you being on the show is very important because we've mm. shared that knowledge now and uh, we can carry on doing so. Thank you so much for joining us, Stan. Yeah, thank Pleasure. you. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank you very much. We will. <laughs> and, and keep Jules under the thumb. <laughs> Steady. She, she keeps me in line, actually. Her, her and Shane. You know what? They have to remind me to sleep sometime to like to go to bed. Oh, you know, stop working. And I've got to do lists on the go on the wall up yeah. there behind me. She is an absolute <laughs> light bulb this lady she just she's amazing yeah. uh, I, the idea she brings cool. to the show so thank you very much guys thank, thank you so guys there we go that's our first day at the parade done it's there and i am i'm quite proud of that actually um i know it's a mishmash of audio but i'm really grateful to everyone that came in and it was a great start you know and i want to say thank you to to everybody that came and did that with us uh, from my son timmy I thought that was cool to give him his first little debut on the show, on a show that's already a mishmash of different types of audio. Jill at Beatles, uh, she's lovely. Um, Mike at Salop Technology, what a great guy he is. I feel like we, we're going to work together again, I feel. Um, and Stan Sedman for giving us that amazing bit of history about the parade. Absolutely mesmerised while he was talking about that. And also to Julie, us, the, the whole team have been working really hard towards this. Um, you know, and Julie's really good at keeping me motivated, keeping the team going, coming up with fresh ideas. She really has been working so hard. And also to Shane, who's, uh, I gave him this competition to to look after for the Monopoly winner, um, who I will announce on next week's show. Um, but he has been working really hard with that as well, monitoring all that. So well done to the team. Thank you to everybody that joined us. And, you know, if you've got anything to suggest to throw onto the show, uh, make sure you email us. Our email is shrewsburybiscuitpodcast at gmail.com or you can just, of course, message us on Facebook. Hope you enjoyed the episode, guys. 
And I hope you join us for next week's show when we will be talking to the town crier, Martin Wood. Hopefully I've got a mic stand big enough uh, to reach him. (laughs) But either way, I I can't wait to join you for that one next week. So guys, much love, stay safe and peace out.